Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. Happy New Year to all of you as we embrace a new year. You might be able to hear I have a new addition to my family. She's a beautiful little kitty. Yep, she does not want to come on air. <laughs> uh, magic was happening here over the weekend as a uh, I was out of town and I come home and there is an email from my or a text message from my neighbor that said um, there is a woman named Janet who has a kitty that has shown up at her door that she cannot keep. And she lives on Scott Road, which is the road that I lived on before I moved here. So she lives just a few doors down from where I lived on the other, on, an, on Scott Road on the island here. And uh, finally, yesterday, I got to go take a look at this kitty. We brought her home and she's so vocal. She just meows at everything and she wants out and I'm afraid to let her out. We have a raging storm going on out there and... I'm sure what she would do is run right back to her old house. Um, so yeah, the beginning of new kittyhood, she's a rescue basically. Uh, she's been to the vet, the lady took her to the vet and uh, made sure she was healthy and got her shots and she's doing just fine health-wise, but she's probably about three years old. And so it might take her a while to settle in. So if you hear a kitty cat in the background, that is our new addition. And she's also quite sweet, pure black with golden eyes. Just lovely, lovely kitty. Uh, just very vocal. Kept Terry and I up last night for about an hour as she was meowing in the middle of the night. <sighs> like a baby, right? You got to keep up with them. And finally, I ended up closing the door. I knew she was safe and warm. She had food. She had water. She had a place to sleep. She was fine. She was just going to drive me a little bit crazy. But I hope all of you had a great beginning of your new year. Uh, certainly, it was eventful in my household. We had lots of different things going on. Uh, and I'm glad to see that we are back in our regular flow of things to do and uh, ready to get back to, let's say, the business of business, the business of astrology, the business of running our lives, albeit uh, some definite new things, new energies that are upon us that are really just sort of the edges of what was and what will become. So we have some, some things to talk about today in terms of what is new and what is being uh, begun for us at this point in time. What is possible? One of my favorite words, possibilities for the world uh, in 2021. We begin the day today with the moon in Virgo finishing her transit of the very worker bee sort of sign. And she is in the void this afternoon from 1.34 p.m. West Coast time to 9.42 p.m. West Coast time. That puts it at about, what, 4.34 on the East Coast into just after um, tomorrow morning for those of you on the East Coast and beyond. Uh, she will then move into the sign of Libra. Relationships and love and balance and harmony become uh, our new watchwords for at least the moon's energy for the next few days after that. Now, today the moon is busy 
in the ending of her transit through Virgo, she will oppose Neptune, Neptune sitting in Pisces, so across the axis of service and of um, taking care of, of one another in terms of how we share our gifts and our talents and how we show up as compassionate, loving beings for one another. Uh, the moon will also trine Mercury today and Mercury sitting now in the sign of Capricorn uh, today in a conjunction to the planet Pluto. Interesting conjunction, powerful, and we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. And then also the moon will trine Mercury conjunct Pluto uh, in, uh, she is she is in a trine to Pluto as well, and also into a square with Venus. Venus, at the end of her transit through Sagittarius, she is ready to move out of Sag and into Capricorn later this week. So we have some change upon us as we move into the first week of 2021, first full week, let's say. And uh, we also have uh, some some difficult energies, let's say, for this first new week. And I think for the collective, it's really coming down to a battle of the old and the new, uh, the possible and the staunchly entrenched. And we may have to, we may see some fireworks this week in terms of how all of that is going to play out. And that might be in our personal lives, but it could also and most likely will be in the outer world as the planets that are really driving sort of the sparks that are going to create the possible, you know, explosions and craziness are the transpersonal planets and even the collective planets. So Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and of course, Pluto conjunct the um, planet Mercury. So we have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. I'm going to go check in, make sure I'm actually live on air this morning. <laughs> you know, you get a little bit weird after you haven't been on for a while. And so um, we are... Um, we are definitely live. I see everybody out there. Good morning, Christine and Tom Wright. Meow, meow. Uh, Kathleen Mallory, hello. And Christine Buckingham says, oops, thought it was her. Congrats on your new kitty. Yeah, I did not expect to have a kitty. And I had told everybody I was not doing this, right? I was not getting another animal. Uh, but if one magically showed up in my life, then I would have to take that into consideration. And I mean, what more magic can it be when the woman who has this cat has your own name and lives on the street that you lived on for uh, years? And it, it was just weird, right? Just weird. And I went, okay, so I'm going to follow the thread. <laughs> I'm going to follow the, the string of possibility. And um, it led to this beautiful little kitty who has great personality. But I think she was probably very comfortable outdoors and at this point, I'm afraid that if I opened the door and let her out, that she would run back to her old house uh, or what she thought of as her old house, because that really wasn't where she lived. So I'm torn between wanting to let her go a little bit and see if she'll come back or, you know, I don't know, just, it's just not a good day for us to experiment that way because I'm not leaving my door open to let her back in <laughs> and it's a busy day for me. So I can't really pay too close of attention as to where she is or what she's doing. So crazy, crazy, but now I have a kitty. Uh, Peggy, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you, Mimi. Good morning. Pictures of the new Kit Kat. Uh, I do have some pictures and I will post those later. Uh, JLo, good morning. And Allison D, good morning to you as well. It's great to see everybody. Natasha, hello. Good morning and may blessings be with all. 
That's very sweet of you. And indeed, that seems to be our theme as we are moving on into this week really is about blessings. And I named today's show Imagine If Miracles Were Possible, because there is an element that as we begin this new year, that is really somewhat miracle oriented and transcension oriented and possibility oriented. And indeed, it is also about the um, imagination, like if what are we focusing our thoughts on or what are we focusing in our imagination? So we're going to talk a little more about that. Uh, let's talk first about Virgo energy and what we can expect as this uh, moon completes her her transit through the worker bee sign. Uh, this is a sign that represents our physical health, literally diet and exercise, the health of the physical body, the relative strength of the physical body. It deals with the healing of the body or the healing of the soul even as across from the uh, sign is Pisces and Pisces is more connected to soul energy. So we have good health habits, we have good mental health habits, and we have good ideas about how we take care of our physical being, including what toxins are in our, our uh, world or in our environment, and what are we putting into our mouth, and what are we um, you know, allowing to exist in our environment. This is also a sign that rules the workplace or the work that you do, the job that you hold, the routines associated with that job or the routines associated with your life in general, health routines, right, or uh, your work routines, your day-to-day -day working uh, projects that you have that you are engaged with. It is about efficient organizing. This is the sign that can really, in sort of a feng shui sort of way, um, make energy flow in a smooth, efficient, organized manner. And this is the sign that handles the details, right? That gets really focused in on the details of something, being able to analyze and critically think about the things that are happening or about what needs to be done using discernment and uh, being able to tell what's real, what's not, being able to say for sure in uh, your own beingness what is correct for you and what is not. It is the path of service, right? Work, service, and health, the three biggies that we think of with Virgo and also the sixth house in your astrology chart. So service is practical help in terms of Virgo. Practical help, how do we step in and provide practical assistance to the people in our lives, to the world in general, uh, to how we share our gifts and our talents with others, and our relative willingness to adapt to changing circumstances. You know, Virgo uh, as a um, earth sign can get entrenched, but it's mutable earth. So it does have a tendency to be able to change and go with the flow and adapting to new circumstances and then beginning a new foundation in that new circumstance. It is also a sign that is about taking two different sides and creating a synthesis of it in their desire for perfection, in their desire to create order out of chaos they are able to process things to come into a simplicity and to a, 
uh, uh, nurturing a very practical application of everything in their lives. And an out of balance Virgo, as we always talk about, the signs have the two sides. An out of balance Virgo energy is about worry and criticism and judgment, blaming others or blaming situations outside of what they feel are outside of their control. It is also workaholic energy. So being aware of that so we don't overdo right? Or overwork. In the body, it rules sort of the digestive system, how we assimilate the nutrients from the food that we take in. So from the, what we put into our mouths, it moves into the stomach for digestion, but then Virgo actually rules the part of the digestion that takes us into assimilation. How do those nutrients cross the blood barrier and get to the places in the body that it needs to? So there's a lot of work that goes on in behind the scenes in the body that we don't think of. I mean, I'm not thinking about how does my food turn into nutrients or how do those nutrients get into my bloodstream? Uh, but Virgo as a sort of worker bee energy is in the behind the scenes doing all of this for us. And um, when we are talking about digestion, then we're also talking about the workings of the digestion and how does that uh, go, how does that flow from ingestion to expulsion? So we also have that part of the body that rules things like constipation or diarrhea, and that in the body can tell you a lot about how you are assimilating or not what's going on uh, in your environment. Uh, this is also a sign that rules the solar plexus. So there is a connection to all of the nerve endings in the, in the gut and in, in the stomach or in the solar plexus part of us, how emotions and how we digest those emotions uh, is either serving us or not, right? Emotional energy. Is it helping you or is it hindering you? And are you holding on to emotions and grievances, which could, you know, tie into that constipation, or are you not ingesting enough and it is just rolling through you and right on out again? So different things that are creating different uh, issues within the body, but the body is always talking to us in one way, shape, or form. And in Virgo, it's particularly loud, like my little kitty out there, telling you about what it wants, what it needs, what it doesn't like, uh, what serves it, what doesn't serve it. So paying attention, well, the moon, this last bit of the moon's time in Virgo, um, to see how your body is reacting to the circumstances that you are feeding it. So now I saw Asa out there. Good morning, Asa. I didn't even get a chance to text you this morning. Um, so question, Kathleen Mallory is asking, what part of the body does Virgo rule? Well, I think we just did that. 8882 Jess is new to YouTube this morning, but listens to your podcast. Oh, nice. It's great to have you out there, Jess, or 882 Jess. And uh, of course, we always welcome new listeners and or people who made the transition to live from sometimes the podcast uh, uh, recordings or the YouTube videos. So we welcome you. So let's take a look ahead at the week. It is an interesting week to be sure. I, I feel like we're caught in, in this you know, space between the past 2020 
and what will be revealed to us for 2021. And so it is a delicate place, I think, that we find ourselves at. It is a choosing place that we find ourselves at collectively, but also as individuals, but without the advantage of yet knowing exactly what it is we should choose. So I'd like to address that today, right? The imagination becomes a very powerful tool for us this week and as we move ahead into January. But let's take a quick look at the broader picture for the week and then we'll hone in on what I'm talking about in terms of the imagination. Our weekly astrology and human design today, of course, is Mercury conjunct Pluto at a very powerful degree, 23 degrees of Capricorn. That degree had been highlighted through a good chunk of 2020 as planets like Jupiter, Pluto, Pallas were all conjunct there. Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto were conjunct there or at 22 degrees, so very close. This, this degree is also one that we see a very powerful eclipse at as we come into 2021 or in May of 2021. And then we're going to see other uh, planets, including uh, Venus retrograding through that particular area as we end 2021. So there's something about that 23rd degree that's really calling up our attention, which reminds me that if I knew where I had put my Dane Rudyard, there you are, we could look that up. Let's look at 23 Capricorn and see what we can get from the message of that degree. And of course, this is called the Astrological Mandala, the Cycle of Transformations, and it's 360 symbolic phases. So if we look at Capricorn 23, what we get is a woman entering a convent. The keynote is total commitment to a transcendent goal. A convent is a place made available by a community which believes in the possibility of reaching a world transcending state of consciousness. It is made available to individuals who may be variously motivated. To some, it is an escape from the intolerable pressures of family and society. To others, it represents the possibility of pursuing in peace a spiritual ideal to which the whole being aspires and is totally dedicated. The important point in this phase of the cyclic process is that the existence of a convent expresses another aspect of the relationship between the society, its religion and culture, and the individual. In the preceding symbol, society rewarded the individual for a noble performance in its service. Here, society accepts the fact that beyond its daily normal patterns of behavior and commitments, another way of life exists which is in a higher sense also its social value. In the old Hindu society dominated by a rigid caste system, the ideal embodied in the sannyasi, the wandering holy man or yogi meditating in a forest or a cave who had entirely given up all that caste implied was seen to be the very culmination of the social, social process. In this fourth stage symbol, we see the paradoxical nature of the social process operating more strongly than ever. This derives from the fact that man's nature contains in seed the possibility of overcoming and transcending itself in acts of complete denials and of surrender to a higher law or quality of being. All spiritual techniques are indeed paradoxical. Rigid discipline conditions pure inner freedom. The final goal is the attainment of transcendent security. Hmm. 
does sound like a pretty powerful degree. And here today we have the messenger planet Mercury conjunct the very transformational energy of Pluto, taking us through another sort of death and rebirth while planting the seeds of what comes next. Interesting day. Tomorrow we begin the new human design week and that will take us into, let's see what gates are we going into, the 54 and the 53, a new beginning. And as well, uh, we have the sun at the gate 54, which is related to drive and ambition. So maybe an, another little jolt of energy pushing us in a new direction. On Wednesday, Mars, who has spent oh, six months in Aries, finally moves into Taurus, but right into a square, uh, <laughs> well, closing in on a conjunction to Uranus and coming back to square Saturn and also Jupiter. That day is also highly activated with the moon squaring lots of planets. In fact, on the, on the uh, sixth, we have the moon squaring the sun. So we have our first crisis of consciousness or crisis of, yeah, crisis of consciousness post full moon just before the new moon, uh, a square to Pluto, a square to Mercury, and it carries on into the seventh with a square to Saturn and ultimately a square to Jupiter. So some very challenging energies. It also happens to be the day here in the US where the Congress will meet and validate and certify the election, um, which uh, by all accounts uh, at the moment looks to be kind of a mess as there are Republicans vowing to upset that. And I don't know how that plays out, except that I know the push is to the new, right? So I think this is, again, the death grip of an old paradigm that is in the process of shattering and being pushed into a new territory. So it should be an interesting day. On Thursday, we have more squares. That was the square to Saturn and Jupiter by the moon. Friday, Mercury moves into Aquarius. Now we'll have more energy in our Aquarian way of being, which is, again, another sign that I think we are pushing into the new, that we're having to release all of that old baggage. Venus also moves into Capricorn that day. So here now we see this balancing of our values and our traditions, the things that we hold dear um, with a new message to that, like the next level of those values and how are we gonna hold those values while also being able to move forward. That's gonna be a tricky thing, tricky, tricky for the next few weeks, then that will be the focus. Saturday, Venus trines Mars. That's a creative energy, right? So there are creative paths ahead. And then Mercury conjuncts Saturn. So Mercury bringing a message to Saturn or picking up a message from Saturn uh, about how is it that we rebuild? How do we build? How do we move forward? So Sunday, a quiet day. Thankfully, we'll probably need that after all the energies of the week. Uh, but it, it looks like a week, like I said, of that sort of place in between. We're not quite still in the past completely, and we're not quite all the way into the future. We're sort of, sort of uh, you know, perched at that balance point. Now, the good news, the really good news is uh, yesterday, Saturn and Jupiter both moved into the gate 41. Actually, Jupiter moved in late last week. Saturn is now there as well. And the gate 41 
is the gate of imagination in our human design. It sits down at the very lowest uh, center, the root center. So it's an, a center that has a pulse that moves energy out, right? That endures to see that that energy gets its legs underneath it and moves on. It's very far away from the throat center though. So it has a journey. It begins a journey to express and manifest the creative energy. This is the gate, the gate 41 of the new year in human design, which doesn't begin until the 22nd of January, 22nd, 23rd, depending on your time zone. And it, it shows us then that the highest energy in this gate, when you've got Saturn, the planet of discipline and responsibility, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, and ultimately the sun later this month there, that it is about using our collective imagination to break old patterns and old ideas and limiting beliefs and in favor of the new, what more is possible? This is where I was getting this very powerful theme of possibilities for 2021. From the idea that we walk into this new year with Saturn and Jupiter at the gate 41 of imagination, and then ultimately the sun getting there uh, as we move later into this month. So the gate 41 holds a collective vision of a miracle that defies or transcends the expectations. We just heard that too in this book right here, right? About 23 degrees of Capricorn. Another theme being set up for us about using our imagination, using our minds in a positive way to hold out the hope for possibilities and that a miracle can happen that transcends all of our expectations. So the lesson, the lesson that we are learning through this gate 41 with this you know, number of planets sitting here is about using our imagination as a source of inspiration instead of using it as a source of nightmares and conspiracy theories and ugliness that it has been holding over us. This is a lesson of possibility thinking, no deep dark rabbit holes but maybe wormholes that lead us to what more is possible, right? To the miracles and all of that being possible um, depending on what it is we choose to focus on. Are we gonna focus on miracles? Are we gonna focus on what's possible? Or are we gonna focus on all the ugliness and on the old beliefs and on uh, how we're limited, etc.? The shadow energy here is about imagining the worst case scenarios and feeding them energy with your thoughts, uh, with your time, with your attention, right? Feeding those conspiracy theories or feeding those limiting beliefs is holding them, keeping them alive instead of letting those go for the vision of a future that is uh, all encompassing, right? That is miraculous in a way that holds possibilities for solutions to all of our major problems, all of the divisions that we've been engaged with. And there's also a little bit of a shadow here of fear for people being judged, the fear that we're going to be judged by sharing our vision of a possibility thought for future instead of the more down to earth, realistic you know, what is realistic anyway? What does that mean, right? If we are the ones creating the reality and uh, you, can't, you can't hold both of those thoughts simultaneously, you can't hold the thought that this is the only reality and 
also the possibility of our being co-creators of this reality. We're either co-creators or we're victims of some realistic reality, some, some earthiness that we can't transcend. And of course, I don't believe that that's true at all. I believe that we're the ones that are creating this by the time and energy that we're focusing our thoughts on uh, or in the direction that we're focusing our thoughts, focusing it on the positive versus focusing it on the past or focusing it on the limitations. So we have a huge responsibility here as we walk into 2021 as well uh, about what are we focused on? What are you putting your thoughts toward? In the gene keys, this is the energy of fantasy in the lowest expression, where everything that we think just kind of lives up here in our head, where we create some sort of fantastical world, um, either a fantastical world of potential or the nightmarish world of what we fear. So it's up to us in here to move our energy out of fantasy up toward the gift level, which is anticipation, anticipating the positive outcomes. And you know, with a what more is possible, how can this get any better kind of thinking. And in the highest expression, the Siddhi here is emanation. Emanation just reminds me of pure light, pure love that emanates from within us uh, when we're focused on the positive and not on the negative. But emanation could also imply that the negative energy could be rolling off of us as well. So though that's just one gene key, one gate in your human design the focus being Saturn and Jupiter and ultimately later in the month, the sun. So learn all about that now while you can, because it is such an important energy for us to understand imagination. All right. So questions, comments, how's everybody doing out there, Asa? Come uh, on. Good morning. And JLo says, wow, my daughter messaged me at 425 AM and had so many questions. This makes so much sense to me. Uh, there we go. Kathleen Mallory, thank you, Janet. I will move into possibility thinking. And you know, it sounds so easy, right? To think about possibilities, but you know, do that in the midst of a crazy thing that's happening in your outer world. Do that in the midst of an argument that you're having with someone or a fight that you are witnessing in the outer world. Uh, take that into, you know, this world that is still being hosted by a virus that just seems to be, you know, doing its best to uh, undermine humanity. And what you, you've got plenty of things to practice your possibility thinking on. So is it possible that we can create uh, a world now where we don't have to have this virus any longer? Is it possible that we can create a peaceful way forward where we value our environment, where we value humanity? We can create all these things when our imagination is focused in those directions instead of on the more negative aspects that things of, of the way things have been. And, you know, one way we can do that for sure is to not get engaged in all of the news that is out there. It's one thing to be aware that there's an awareness of what's happening. It's another thing to get dug into all of that negative um, news cycle information. And, you know, you've got to admit that there is no neutral news out there, right? It's either radical left or radical right. 
and the radical right doesn't hear the radical left and vice versa. They only see the negative of each of them. What we have to do is use our imaginations to bring the best of both together and be able to see our way forward in this world. It's a huge thing, right? It's a huge opportunity. It is a huge task because we've been so caught up in the negative. Kitty, stop, I'm right here. Come here, come here. You wanna say hi to everybody? You wanna come up here and say hi? She's still so skittish, come here. No, she doesn't want to say hi, but she does. She does, but she doesn't. So, well, maybe someday she'll just jump up here and you'll all get to see her. Or she'll do like Sadie used to do and lay on the bed behind me. But so far, she hasn't liked that idea at all. Um, okay, so J-Lo, please take a moment and hit the thumbs up. Thank you very much, J-Lo, for that reminder. Hit the thumbs up button and uh, subscribe if you haven't yet subscribed. And of course, feel free to share with your friends, with your family. And Kathleen says, kitty, 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 come here. She comes close and then I reach down and she runs. It's like she wants me, but she doesn't really want me. But last night she crawled up into my lap and got tucked right here into my arm. And I literally broke out into tears. I couldn't help myself. It was such a Sadie thing to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sadie, did you direct this little kitty here? Uh, which of course is totally possible. Uh, JLo says, I have to sit here and explain to my children that. And I asked them, what is it that they believe is going on? And Christine says, I wonder if she left kittens or her cat sibling behind. I don't think so. She had been hanging around this other lady's house for uh, since the beginning of the fall. And there's, you know, no indication that she's had kittens. Um, she doesn't act like she's had kittens, but I think she has been probably close to being a feral cat maybe. And so she's used to the outdoors and the freedom of just coming and going. And um, at this point, I don't know what to do. So I haven't even gone, I, I haven't even researched yet what to do in, in uh, taking in, but she, now she's sitting right here beside me. Come here, Can you come up here, yeah. She's just so vocal. She talks a lot. <laughs> she knows she has a voice. She probably has a defined throat. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think she's left anybody behind though, Christine. I thought about that, but, and I even asked the other lady that and she said, no, there's just no way because she was very um, happy to stay, you know, at her house. And of course the bad weather probably. Yes, Debbie Tibbetts to me, I'll have a new kitty. <laughs> in a crazy sort of way. Um, anyway, so, all right, let's finish up our day here. Uh, now I wanna move into the Pleiadian earth energy because as you may know, or may not, yesterday we began a new 13 day spiral of consciousness with one seeing energy. <clears throat> and I think I briefly brought this up last week before we left for the, the break. Uh, but, you know, if we did, it was a while ago. So one seeing becomes the umbrella energy for the 13 day period of time. Today, we're actually at two intuiting, but let's talk about one seeing first of all, because this is a time, it's funny that the cohesiveness of all of these different 
the uh, things that we've been saying. It's time to soar to our highest aspirations. That is a quote from the Pleiadian Earth Energy uh, book from Pia Orlean. And it's a time for us to expand our consciousness and to learn or practice response versus reactionary energy. The same lessons that we've been talking about through other things, through the moon, through the weekly transits, through human design are coming to bear also in the Pleiadian earth energy. That kind of coherence is magical and it's not something I can even try to make up. It's there, it's real. So there's this idea then for this 13 day period of time that we are here to expand our consciousness through possibility thinking through aspiring to something better, to something higher, to a truth, right? To the real truth, to the full truth. And this is also uh, a sign that, you know, kind of validates our being able to rise to a higher perspective in the Mayan calendar, seeing energy was represented by men which was uh, the representation of the eagle or hawk that soars high above and can see both the big picture and the details that are required in order to move forward with something. So being able to have both that eagle eye for the detail, but maintaining that higher uh, aspect as well, that open-mindedness perhaps, or uh, the the heart that is expanded to embrace all that can be instead of all that we think is, right? So instead of being limited, we are being asked to be expansive, but not expanding in a way that's just willy-nilly, but expanding our whole beingness, right? Our, our, um, our consciousness, if you will. <clears throat> so an interesting week. Today we are at two intuiting. So the two takes the one and splits it into two, right? It creates the energy of duality or the uh, differences. And it, it was I, ideally the energy that was able to start our being able to individuate. Without duality, we couldn't be separate beings. We would all still be one. So duality allowed us to, to take different paths, to see different viewpoints other than our own. Unfortunately, we have taken this, to, taken this to the nth degree. And instead of using duality as a way to see other people's viewpoints, we use it as a tool of division, of separation, of judgment, of blame, of victimization, of fear. And we've totally bastardized the whole idea of what duality was about. The whole idea of duality was for us to be able to see these multifaceted uh, things instead of just this one thing. It's almost like the kaleidoscope, right? Being able to see all those different shapes and the different colors and the different pictures that are made when you see through different lenses. Um, so this is a time for us to release competition and all of those ways in which we're jostling for position in this life and instead to become more cooperative. Unfortunately, with the two energy, what often surfaces first is the conflict. And so that's what comes up in a day like today. We may see where conflict is in our own personal lives. It could be something mild, it can be something big, um, but somehow we are being asked to find a solution to diverging points of view.
And intuiting energy is uh, when we know that new things are about to arise, intuiting energy often points us in that direction. It brings us to the need to trust in a higher power, uh, to trust in our higher power as an individual, but also collectively. Uh, and it's our ability to hear our own inner voice through all of the sound, through all of the craziness, to be able to hear the voice of source or the voice of God within you, um, to hear your own inner voice and, and how that connects up. But we may have difficult choices that we have to make, both collectively and individually during this period of time, or we have challenges that we have to deal with in some way that may you know, challenge us to really tap into our intuition and into our intuitive abilities, the way of being in uh, an instinctual way, in an intuitive way through the body and not the mind. Intuition, I think, <clears throat> I often in, in the past had thought about intuition as something as a, a mind uh, um, event kind of thing, right? I, I hear, it seems like I, I intuit something through my mind, but literally the intuition lives below the mind. It lives in the body. It is your body, the body physical that is housing your intuition through feelings in the solar plexus, perhaps through the spleen's survival energy and just having the instinct to know what's right or what's not. Um, if you have splenic authority, for example, in your human design, you're um, very intuitive. You know in the moment to go left or to go right, uh, to, to do something or to not do something, to call somebody or not to call somebody. Um, it's in the moment, right? Intuition doesn't keep nagging at us. It doesn't keep coming back and saying, remember, I wanted you to go that direction. It doesn't do that at all. It speaks one time and we either react <clears throat> or respond, excuse me, um, to the wisdom coming from the body or we don't. If we don't, then we risk the, um, uh, the consequences of not listening. And when we do, then we also reap the benefits of listening to our higher voices. So in facing challenges today, we are all sort of on the intuitive end, listening to the body's wisdom instead of the mind that wants to just be aware. Um, and it's talking to you all the time, <clears throat> but it isn't necessarily the place where the truth is, right? It's just comparing and contrasting, analyzing, uh, but it isn't really the place of intuitive awareness. Uh, so interesting day, I think, as we look at the, the bigger picture. And uh, literally, that is it for me this morning. Um, how about you guys? Questions? Shall I do a couple of uh, card readings for the collective this morning? I think actually that's a great idea for us to go into this first new week of, of uh, <clears throat> 2021. Hmm. Which cards do I want to go with? I think I'm going to go with a goddess card and a wisdom of the oracle. Our collective cards. Um, Kathleen says, my world is so much brighter now that I come to this beautiful site with wisdom, truly. I love it. Um, it has been what has gotten me through dark days. It has been what's gotten me through challenging times personally. Um, and it's always, 
a challenge to remember that in the moment. Uh, it, it's almost like it has to become a habit for us um, because we're so used to doing things in a, in a more um, difficult way, right? Using your intuition, being being thinking in possibilities instead of actualities is difficult. It's a difficult concept because, I mean, on one hand, you know, we're taught through um, our educational processes, <clears throat> through the world, through our families, through our conditioning, that what's real is what we can see, what we can feel, what we can taste, what we can touch, what our five senses pick up. But it leaves out an, a completely different part of ourselves that is in tune to the unseen realm. The unseen is just as real as the seen, um, but it, it, it's got a different quality, a different flair to it. So it can be challenging for us to think about things in a different way, to rise to that challenge. But it's so worthwhile because, right, if we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to keep getting what we've always gotten, which is more conflict and more challenges and more obsessions and greed and anger and upset. And like, aren't we tired of that? Like, I'm really ready to just be able to pick up the news and hear how awesome things are, <laughs> how, you know, the story of humanity coming out of challenges. Um, I just saw an article, this was a positive article in the Good News Network, I believe is where I saw this, where in downtown Seattle, there is a group that is looking at buying um, seven, I think it is, hotels that um, will become homes for the homeless. I'm like, wow, I don't know where the money's coming from for that, but I love the idea. And I love that people are looking at the homeless problem and trying to create solutions, thinking outside of the box, doing something new. And the card for the collective from the Wisdom of the Oracle is Message in a Bottle. Card number 15, Message in the Bottle. Let's see what that card is about when I do the book. 15 and... The essential meaning of this card is communication, a sign, a cladon, the ancient name for a spontaneous oracle delivered innocently by the speaker, pointing the way to your highest good. The oracle's message, spirit sends you signs when you ask for them, when you believe you will receive them, and when you allow yourself to become fluent in the language of symbols, oracles, and omens. They may come to you as a bird flying by, a logo on a truck, a song on the radio, a text message from a neighbor that says a lady named Janet on Scott Road where you used to live has a cat. Crazy, right? Uh, they may come to you as a bird flying by, a logo on a truck, and a song on the radio. Expect confirmation that you're pointed in the right direction. Keep your ears open for someone might say just the right thing that will give you the answer to your query. Today your message is this. Spirit hears you and the reply is favorable. All right, there's that one. Now, let me pull the goddesses out for a goddess card. And Asa, any questions out there while I'm working through this? Oh, here we go. Now, a goddess card, feminine energy, being receptive and open-hearted and willing to be in the quiet 
Ursula, good morning to you. Any other thoughts about Pleiadian energy? Deborah Johnson, good morning, lovely friends. Kathleen, uh, oh, I saw that. Uh, Ursula says, grateful for you, Goddess Janet. Thank you, Ursula. I am grateful for all of you as well. Without you, this couldn't be happening for me. I mean, I'd be talking to nobody, right? Ah, so we have two goddesses that prompted the falling out here. Uh, one is the goddess Danu, which is assurance. Let me get back to Zoom instead of YouTube. There we go. So Danu, I don't think we've ever received her, card 18. And underneath that, it says assurance. And we also get Saridwin, the energy of potential, number nine. So nine and 10, whoa, sister cards, right? The sisters came out here, nine and 10. And these cards are well uh, shuffled. So I don't think it's a mistake that we have a series going on here in these cards. They both came out upright as well. So we have an empowerment message and Saridwin is the goddess on the cover, right? She's the poster child here for the goddess energies. All right, so uh, Sarah Wynn is number nine. Let's read hers first. She was actually the one on my left hand. And nine. All right. You are a child of infinite potential and the Celtic goddess Sarah Wynn is here to remind you of the power that resides in the womb of your heart and the chalice of your mind. Everything you need is coming together right now as if your life's reflection were shining brightly in a golden liquid in Saradwin's magical transformative cauldron. Imagine greatness and there will be greatness. Envision peace and there will be peace. Choose love, choose gratitude and choose faith in the divine magic that flows through you. These are the only ingredients needed for the goddess Saradwin to work her transformation magic on your behalf. Regardless of the limitations imposed on your world by fate, culture, and conditioning, your true destiny is coalescing on your behalf. You can be anything you imagine. Remember this, dream and trust that everything you need exists to make that dream a reality. This is the promise of the goddess Saradwin. I cannot make this stuff up, guys, really. This is just magical in the way that these cards pull out. Uh, okay, Danu, Assurance. Again, she's a beauty as well. Danu. And she's card 10, upright, so empowerment. And she says, the appearance of the Celtic earth goddess Danu, who gave birth to magic, pretends the fulfillment of your desires and the fruition of your dreams. Whatever it is that you're inquiring about, Danu gives her assurance that you're in the process of becoming. Now is the time to trust that whatever you have planted, planned, and worked toward is being lovingly birthed. All you need to do is stay with the flow of events and be ready for your next opportunity. Everything has its perfect season, just as fallow ground carries the promise of new life that appears again in the spring, as if magically bidden from the invisible to the visible. Danu offers her promise of grounded assurance. So even if it looks like it isn't happening, it is. Even if it looks like there's still craziness in the world, the more peaceful envisioned uh, world that we have is coming. We just have to focus on that and not on the crazies, right? Not on the crazy craziness, not the crazies, but the crazies too. Um, giving it power 
brings it more closely into re uh, reality. So whatever you're giving power to through your thoughts, through your time and your attention, um, through, through everything that you do is bringing that reality closer to you. So I think that's a very good reminder. Uh, I just saw some messages pop up here. So let me see if I've gotten them. Uh, no, I don't want to call that phone number. I'm not sure why that happened. Um, okay. And I think, oh, you were just telling, okay, no messages. So, I mean, no questions. Perfect. So I am still on my two day a week schedule as I have the uh, the webinar coming up for human design. And in human design, what we do is we see the themes that are building through uh, the gates and in the gene keys, the gene keys that are going to be prominent for the year ahead. And first, we'll take a look at the outer planets in that case, because the inner planets move much more quickly, and they're moving through gates at a pretty fast clip. It'll be the outer planets, Pluto, Neptune, uh, Jupiter, Uranus, and Saturn, uh, that really show us sort of the, the potential, the high side that, of the energies that are happening. And just like we talked about today with Saturn and Jupiter starting the new year at the gate 41, which represents the new year, we get this critical view of what is about to happen or what more is possible uh, because the gate 41 is the gate of imagination. For those of you who joined us a little late this morning, we talked about imagination and the creative force available to us when we are able to picture and imagine and focus our thoughts on what we desire and also uh, unattached to it, unattached to the outcome, but still holding the vision of what it is that we want. It's like holding it lightly. Uh, the gate at the opposite end of the gate 41, by the way, is the gate 30, the gate of desire, which is a very powerful gate. And uh, it's not activated at this moment, but certain people will hold that gate in the energy tapestry that is. So they will be the ones that likely are able to pull more of that picture out of you. And the possibilities then grow into probabilities the more that you're focusing on the desire that you have as opposed to the exact way that it should show up, when it should show up, how it should show up. Your job is the what do I want, right? The what do I want to focus on and let the universe bring in and fill in the details of all of that. So it's a pretty powerful time we're in. Um, I likely will put out something in writing through the week on the new human design week. I'll get that um, uh, graphic to you, Asa, so that you can get that out to everybody. Uh, and that's it for me. So I hope you all have a great week. I will be back again on Friday. And on Friday, we'll take a look at the weekend ahead and preview uh, maybe some more of the human design energies as we start to walk toward the new year. That's it. I hope you all have a blessed day. I'm going to go play with my kitty for a minute, let her know that she's not alone out there. Uh, you guys take care. I'll see you on Friday. Bye for now.